Welcome to the Comics Misremembered Podcast with your hosts Jim and John, and here's the opening music. I wanna hide the truth, I wanna shelter you, but with the beast inside, there's nowhere we can hide, no matter what we breathe, we still are made of Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Comics Misremembered Podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Jim. And I'm John. And together we do Comics Misremembered, the podcast about comics and comic-related items. This week, uh, we, we did a comic-related item. Uh, recently came out the Deathstroke Knights and Dragons movie uh, on Blu-ray and other platforms. And I decided I was going to pick it up. Um, the reason I, I did pick it up is because uh, the, of the writer. We'll, we'll talk about that. And so we watched the movie, and we're going to talk about the movie. But... Before we talk about the movie, we yes. play a little game here on the podcast. And if you're a longtime listener, you know the game. The music that you just heard, I picked that music. It's uh, relevant to what we're talking about, and I'll explain after we do the game. But the other thing, too, is John did not know what music I was picking. That's true. He always hears it for the first time right now, and then he goes through his mind to think, have I heard this song before? Do I know the, the artist and title? And he likes to take a guess. What is any guesses this week? Well, I know that's Imagine Dragons. It's Imagine Dragons, yes. And I am totally spacing on the on the name of that song, and oh. I feel like a total idiot. Well, don't don't <laughs> worry. It's, it's Imagine Dragons. So you know, I feel people feel the same way about Imagine Dragons as they do about um, uh, Nickelback. Yes, uh, excellent, excellent point. And I and I'm not being derogatory about Nickelback because no. I like Nickelback. I I hate it when people say like, "Oh, I hate Nickelback," and I'm like. What's the hate yeah. about? It's just like it's rock, and there's like, oh yeah, but it's generic rock. Like, yeah, but it's still. It's I like, like you listen to it. I like rock and roll. I like I listen to new Metallica, but I can't like Nickelback. Yeah, I know. I that's, mean, come on. That's unbelievable. Also, Imagine Dragons, by the way, just hugely talented, and I don't care. They write that, poppy songs. They, that you know what? There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with writing a good, simple, solid song with some with some awesome hooks. Yeah. I mean. They wrote songs of the summer, right. and as far as I'm concerned, they're probably one of they're probably right now still in their creative heyday. Yeah, and I'm excited, and 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 it's like, and you know, it just goes back to the whole thing that we live in the world's worst timeline, where people can't just simply well, like, like something that's popular because it's like, oh no, it's too trendy, really. But yet you're listening to like all these other, you know, all these. Well, other I think bands. people see them as like sellouts, and it's to what? It's, it's just like. Yeah, I know. It's like, what are you, what are you selling <laughs> out to? It's like, you have to get eat. You know, you have to, like, you put your music up. But you're, I, I'm going to step off yes. the soapbox now. Um, you're right. It is Imagine Dragons. So, hence, Dragons was in the right. title of the thing we're talking about. But um, you can't get the name of the song? No, I'm okay. just I'm That's right. on it. The song is called Demons. Oh, yes. Demons. And this is very pertinent to our conversation. Right. If I, I specifically, if you go back and listen to the lyrics, it's about like um, I tried to shelter you. I tried to hide the beast inside. Yes. Um, this is where our demons hide. It's all about greed, yes. and so a lot of the, the even in that short space, it's like a twenty second clip that I played has a lot of the themes that we're going to be talking about um, when we when we start talking about Deathstroke, Knights and Demons. All right, um, Knights so, and Dragons. Knights and Dragons. Yeah, I'm sorry. Knights and Dragons. Yes, but, but there are demons. Demons, demons as well. Demons in the, the demons of the soul. All right. So I bought the movie, 
And um, I, the reason I bought it is because it, it is written by the great J.M. Uh, DeMattis. And um, he's written, you know, tons of, of comic series. We've reviewed some, some of his stuff so I was going to say, some of, our, some of our more favorite reviews have come from stuff that, we've, that he's done. Right. He's, he also writ, wrote the screenplay for Red Sun, which we both enjoyed. Really liked, yes. Yes. And um, so he, he's a talented writer, and so he wrote this one. So instantly I'm like, it should be a good movie. I'm going to pick it up. So I picked it up. Deathstroke, another character... I think is under the radar of everybody right now for most people, if you don't follow DC a lot. Um, and Deathstroke is a character that we did a lot of history on. We reviewed his history when we did the review for Judas the Contract. Judas Contract, both the animated movie and also the actual comic series. We, we compared one against the other. We did that a few years ago. If you're interested, I highly recommend listening to that because we give like the history of uh, Deathstroke and we talk about real world events that influenced the whole Judas contract story storyline. But that has elements of what's in this movie, uh, specifically like the organization Hive, the criminal organization Hive, uh, that plays into this movie. Deathstroke again, another character plays into this movie. So we're going to we'll talk about the movie in a moment. Uh, anything else John you want to add or tackle before we start getting into it? No, I but just, just I don't know where where you would like to begin, but let's talk. But let's actually begin by talking a little bit about what was your first impression of this. Sure. So we can do that. So overall, I thought this movie was okay. Okay. I didn't think it was like it, it didn't blow my socks off or anything like. So no. So not in the same category. Not not necessarily as the same scale as Red Sun. No, definitely okay. not. Um, why do I feel this way? The reason being is. Um, I feel that it's kind of, I don't want to say it's a generic story, but it kind of goes through the paces. It, it, it's, I don't want to say it's rote, but it's, I've seen this before. There's nothing new. There's no big twists that happen in this story. And the other thing too, that this uh, movie does is it um, retells the origin of Deathstroke. It modernizes it a yes. bit. And that's another thing that we're going to talk about later in the podcast about the retelling of origins um, and trying to get a bigger audience. And I'm, I'm saying, so I said to myself, okay, I understand you have to streamline it a bit because just like comic book history and comic book, or you can't, you can't do it frame for frame. There's no way in heck you're going to get all the death strokes, original origin story. And so it, it part of the movie is death stroke is uh, in a fight against Hive. And it's very simplified as to why he's in this fight against Hive. Right. And we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. But in the comic book, there's this huge backstory about why he does not want to work for Hive or the experience he had working for Hive and the reason why he had, to, <laughs> like he was uh, like uh, contracted to work for Hive and the reason why he gets behind that. And we'll probably get into that. But it's 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 because it's comic books, you know. It's years and years of telling a story, putting these small plots. They all add up to this big payoff at the end. Comic books are great for doing that, right? And that and that's what when you want to tell um, kind of a really full and complete and complex story, comic books all the time. Movies, unfortunately, you don't have that luxury because this movie was like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, and just, um, it, you you have to basically. You assume that nobody knows who Deathstroke is, so you get a quick origin story. You find out why he's in conflict. 
you find out other prop, props, and then you have your payoff, you know, the right. resolution. So that's, I will get more into it as we talk about it. You know, I'll, I'll give you more and more explanation as to why I feel out the way I feel. But how about yourself? How do you feel about it? So I, I think this was one of those movies where I, I, when I first walked away from it, I, I liked it um, a lot more than I, after think, you know, thinking about it. And I think one of the things that kind of um, got me was when you, was exactly something that you said. When you do a modernization, you can choose to do it in a couple of different ways, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But one of the things that, that you're one of the things that I felt kind of um, was a was a rewrite in terms of his origin story was as a higher sense of morality than the than the than the original Deathstroke. Um, you know that he you know he knows he's a bad person, he does bad things, but he's got a family. He's a family man. Um, and that, you know, he's, you know, and that, that he, you know, and he hid, you know, and he hides, you know, this, you know, this huge part of his, you know, part of his life from the people that he loves. And in doing so, he's, he, he plays the role of the, you know, of the, con he plays the, a conscience, you know, he's got a conscience because he realizes that the world around him, you know, he's has that he's impacting by doing his wet work you know his assassinations and dirty tricks and everything else that he's that he does right um is going to can affect his son and so that he has a moral compass that that uh, i don't believe the original deathstroke has so in that sense i i liked the story for what it was i understand that they're trying to expand the character um this version of deathstroke is a lot more um more sympathetic in some ways you know, and, and more, a little bit more, I think what they're trying to do is trying to make him a little bit more relatable and human and also, but also keep that mystique and that sense of danger and, and, uh, deadly intent. So as you, you know, you and I were talking prior to it, it's turning him into more like a, like a Frank Castle character, you know, more like the Punisher than just an assassin, just an assassin. Well, that's what DC was trying to do with the character in the late 80s, early 90s, when he had his own comic book series, uh, Deathstroke the Terminator, he used his full name. Yeah. And um, and it helped that he had covers by Mike Zeck, who's a big, long-time uh, Punisher. You, yeah. Like, when you think of Mike Zeck, you think of uh, classic Frank, Fra Classic Frank Castle, yes. Right. And so Mike Zeck was doing the, 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 the covers of that book at that time. And that's what they were trying to do. And um, I would say if your only exposure to Deathstroke, in the comics, that is, it, to Deathstroke was the um, the Judas contract, right? Yeah, it, it it doesn't. That's not the best light shown for this character. He's, he's <laughs> a, he is the villain. He plays the villain. Um, he, he's a, you know he's assigned to kill the Teen Titans, right? You know, so he is the bad guy. As time goes on, um, just like any character, any just like any comic book character that is originally presented as the villain but a fan favorite and starts it like venom you yeah. think about like venom was a bad guy his his whole motive was revenge against peter parker right right um but as time goes on people like the venom character so they made him a sympathetic character and now he's like the fighting for the everyman right the the, the downtrodden he was the protector of the lethal protector yes he was called right so deathstroke um was essentially the same thing He's a contracted killer. He has his own moral code, 
that he won't kill certain things. I, th- I think he even says in the movie, like, I won't kill women. I won't yeah, kill children. He's got he's got the um he's got the professional contract. <coughs> Sorry. No, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, you know the, the you know if you're from the movie the professional. The, oh yeah, yeah, Luke, Leon the professional. Yeah, Leon the professional. Yeah. Um, I was like the professional contract. I was like, oh, as opposed to the like no, the no, I, should, contract. I, 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 I just, I just know it. The I, professionals. I know. contract. Yes, that's, so yes, is, Leon's, is, is Leon's moral, no, no moral code. No women, no children. It's his warrior code. Yeah, like his moral code. Whereas he, he, he'll only take contracts. He'll do it for the money. He only and and in this in this move and I'm going to keep referring to the movie. Right. The movie is like he. He, he believes he's killing people that'll make a, a, po- a more positive difference in the world. Right. He's he's picking out a better class of scum. Yeah. So he's he kills a dictator. The, in fact, he has two. He's uh, f- doing the contract for one dictator to go kill another dictator, but then you found out you find out that he actually killed the guy who put the contract on him because he said this dictator is less of a tyrant than the guy I was the mil- working the, for. The military ju- the military junta guy who I was going to you know who. Is you know who's he's giving a chance to have a better effect for his country for that for that country yeah for that country and if he doesn't he makes sure that he understands that he'll be back right but at the same time still collects his fee right which yeah, is exactly. which you're, you're going to pay my fee anyway. yeah you're paying my fee you're paying my fee so I, so I, so he's a bad guy he kills people for a living but he's got a code which kind of makes him a little sympathetic I guess right but then in, the other thing that they add to it is. He's, he is a family man, right? Because he keeps his wife, who is a, a general in the, from the military, retired, and his son, young son, away from the problem. So when he tells his wife, "Oh, I'm going on a business trip," yeah, he, she thinks he works for a company and, and is going to go on a business trip. She knows that he went through the military, that he was injected with a super soldier serum that she yes. thought failed, but instead it. It, it worked, and, and, and he's he, been working as a mercenary ever since. And he told her it failed, right? So it's so like, he's been lying to her so, on many levels. So there's so the the layers of deceit are thick in this one, right? And also there the also the caveat about having the super soldier serum is has an unintended consequences involving his uh, his when he procreated, right? Because he was because, and I this is we'll take this up in a in a in a different part, but. It's interesting how they how this worked out. I one of the things that I thought was I thought was was strong, and I you know, and I'm and I kind of we, you know we kind of joked back and forth about it, is that um, in some ways Deathstroke Deathstroke seems like almost like you know like the anti cap, you know the anti cap in well, America. Well, that, so the, I think I even said this in the so if you go listen to the Judas contract, the whole purpose of Deathstroke is because he's the evil version of Captain America. Marv Wolfman right. and George Perez created a Deathstroke character, but they did it they gave him the same origin as Captain America. Right. He was a weakling. He um, has a certain body type that he's going to fit in order to take the serum. A lot of other people t- had taken the serum and it did nothing to him. In fact, it drove them insane or killed them. He takes the serum and um, it doesn't drive him insane it doesn't kill him, but it doesn't really seem to do anything. Now, as the comic book version, he does start to go a little mad. Right. It uh, it, it has a negative effect because it makes him... Right. In order for you to be an effective killer, you have to have no soul and no conscience. Right. So he, he has he has um, enhanced endurance, enhanced strength, um, healing factor, and, and, yeah, kind yeah. of a healing factor. Um, so he, he is like just like Captain America, as you, as you were saying. 
Yeah, and yeah, and also you know the agility in it, and also being a train killer because before of all of this, and as in the movie, it explains that he was he served as a uh, special operations soldier. Yeah, and he you know and uh, you know and you know assuming in the theaters of operation, which would be probably Iraq and Afghanistan at this you know as just concurrent modernizing it. Yes, yeah. because it's because they use uh they they use a pretty good um, amount of fiction uh, fictional I should say. Um, countries involved when they're talking about this but in the in the uh in the movie but as you you can assume you can just assume that that's a pretty safe net that's a pretty safe bet the the interesting thing about this is that i because i'm not familiar i wasn't you know i wasn't familiar outside of like what we've you know outside of the judas contract when we've been reading this and you know it was the connection with um which I understand from the from the comic was how they were going to connect Hive back into this, and of course Hive shows up is to put a well actually one per shows one person shows up very very quickly and puts to to make the to drive the story forward and that is the Jackal. Now the Jackal is what's do you, what what what's the Jackal's history in all of this? Is so this is uh, it's good part that you you brought up because this is what I was, I was talking about is there's some characters have fell flat yes. um so, you know it, it, there's not a lot of fleshed out characters um you you have his wife uh Addie Adeline um so she is kind of fleshed out like she's uh, first she's a mother but then she's the warrior mother right. because she has a military background she joins Deathstroke to fight with to save to go forward in the movie the jackal though is kind of this mysterious character. You don't know who he ever is because he never ha- he's always wearing his costume. Yes. And when we first meet him, um Deathstroke the, the the whole purpose for the for the Jackal is to now antagonize Deathstroke. Right. But you don't you only know why that he's I'm hired by Hive because Hive wants Deathstroke as one of their assassins. Who's Hive? What is Hive? Right. Like, we don't really know. What does it mean? Hive is even um, an acronym, and we don't know. We're not told what the acronym stands for. Yes. But it's it's an organization. It's a, Well, you're told it's a terrorist organization. Right. But what do they do? Like, Cobra is a terrorist organization. <laughs> exactly. And they're fought by G.I. Joe, right? I was going to say, this is very, this is pretty amorphous. Right. So it's... You don't, you, you don't have any kind of... Um, Backstory or, backstory or even about, reason for like, the, the, you know, the, so the, the, the cause bellicose. Yeah, to, exactly. Do you know, there's like, seriously, why, do, why, why was this animosity? What's the manifesto for Hive to exist? Yeah. You know, so it, you're not even given any of that, but you're just told Jackal wants, Jackal's hired to get Deathstroke into Hive. Right. That's what you're told. So how does he do this? He knows who, uh, who, um, Deathstroke really is. Deathstroke is. His name is Slade Wilson. Yes. He knows who his wife is. He knows he has a son. So he grabs the son, beats up the wife, because the wife tries to save the son. Yep. Beats up the wife. Deathstroke comes back from that mission that we were talking about. Yep. Finds that his wife is almost dead, like beaten, broken arm, broken leg, bashed up face. And she now knows who Slade Wilson really is. And this is where he has to reveal, yes, the super soldier serum Worked on me. They don't call it that, though. They don't call it the super. Yes. They call it something else. And um, yes, I've been working co- covert, and I'm a mercenary, and I make a lot of money. And that's how, that's how we've had a great life. Yeah. And she's like, "You better go get your son." But after that, like, we're through. 
all this deception because she even knows that he cheated on him with a, uh, a woman, which is also part of right. the story. Um, and he's like, that was one time and that was we were on a break. Yes. <laughs> I love how you're like, it, it's just like every guy. Hey, come on. We were on a break. You know, that's right. We, we were we weren't doing anything. I had a hall pass. Time. It was a hall pass. Exactly. So <laughs> they, they men briefly go through that, which I thought was really funny. The, uh, the other thing too I want to mention right here is um they so every time they have Deathstroke in a movie they have somebody voice different voice him yes like the Judas contract was Miguel Ferreira and he was good unfortunately Miguel Ferreira passed away yes so they needed to get another actor the actor this time was Michael Chiklis yeah and and you probably didn't even know it was Michael Chiklis no, when you listened to him is, right this is the thing because I actually watched a a couple of seasons of the Shield. I actually, I actually, I think only a couple of seasons exist. Yeah, um, I, but it's not that Chiklis, it's a bad show. No, it was. I liked it, and and Chickless was great in that. Right, and but this does not sound like him at all. Right, it's amazing he, how he has, he has how much kind of monotone. How how he? Undertone. I was going to say it's so subdued and laid back that it's like it's 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 all it's almost almost. Um, time's a flat circle. <laughs> oh, like um, two two detectives. Yes, it's very you know that 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 level of just uh, laid back McConaughey. Right, <laughs> and but so he does he does a great job of that. Now the um, what they 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 do with uh, going back to Jackal. So Jackal captures um Joseph, his son. Right. Takes him to this warehouse. He knows he knows where the the Jackal's going to be. He goes to the Jackal. Um, there's two assassins that are going to fight him. A, a woman a, assassin yeah, and female bronze, swordsman. Yeah, and bronze uh, tiger was another. Yeah, so a female warrior assassin character and the bronze tiger. Deathstroke takes them both out. In fact, he kills the woman. Right. And um, the jackal's like, you know, I they, they were that test for you. And but here's the ultimate test. And then there's a hive member who has kind of like just like. The Cobra, the Hive, has like this universe. In fact, you know what they remind me of? Um, their counterpart in the Marvel Universe would be AIM. Or, you yes. Know, a AIM, advanced idea mechanics. They all dress in yellow, kind of have a beehive costume thing. Hive, since they have a bee theme, have kind of like a beehive costume I was thing. thinking, I was like thinking of the Monarch's minions. <laughs> right. So they, he's holding a knife to um, Joseph's throat. Right. And he says, if you don't join him... If you don't join us, I'm going to kill your son. It it feels like if it, there's a it feels like a um a, a similar there's a similar scene from um one of the Boba Fett from the Boba Fett uh, trilogy where he, you know where like the, the the um the head of the the of the of the mercenary guild you know the the bounty hunter guild sorry right. um to basically corners um. Boba Fett and is like, you need to work for us. And this is the end of that discussion, you know, or we'll just, you know, and, and of course Slade Wilson is be so much better than everybody else that he, he manages to go through and breaks through the barrier, kills the person who has, has the, you know, the knife to his son's throat, but not in time to save him completely. Right. Because the, because the blade does go through partially and enough to, you know, cut his throat and leave him speechless. Right. And this is a huge factor going forward. The, the part of this that, that kind of is, is sort of like the, the backstory that I, 
thought was, which, which was, this is the, this is the, this is the part that I had a little bit of trouble with, um, in retrospect is a sort of Slade Wilson family man mm-hmm. kind of thing where he's like, you know, where he's got, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, I've got, you know, I've got this kid and you know, I've got his strong, you know, and he's got a strong mom. And then he, one of his, and his friend, um, Wintergreen from the British secret service who yep. was, you know, who, you know, who he had palled around with, yep. um, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, he's the over, you know, he's sort of like his, you know, his uncle watching over him. That part seemed a little, it seemed a little bit too trite, I, you know, just a well, little w- bit too. Wintergreen is barely ever in the movie. Yeah. He's, he's only, he shows up as the he's chauffeur. A, he's, a, he's like a deus ex. Yeah. Well, kind of, yeah. His ex Wintergreen, but but, he, but you really you know that he he's friends with him and um, that he's assisted him in some, in some of his operations, and but that's about it. You don't really get a lot of backstory to it, and I you and we've talked about Wintergreen too. Again, going back to the Ju- the Judas template or uh, contract Judas template contract. Uh, but yes, but and the other thing too is so that whole thing about Joseph getting his uh, throat cut. You know, that's from the original origin story too. So he's, so what? Uh, what they've done is they've taken bits and pieces of of uh, continuity. strokes, continuity, and kind of pieced it and modernized it. Yeah. And the reason why Deathstroke tell before he does the whole throat flashing th- thing, he tells the, the jackal, he's like, you know, I've told you this before. He's like, I I'm not gonna, I'm not on like your level. I'm not into this terrorist thing. He's like, I think when I kill somebody, it, it makes a difference in the world. Right. You know, and that's, I only take contracts that do that. Like, so this is his moral kind of high ground that he has over the jackal where he just wants to, they do it, they're in it for the money, you know. So the title comes from a book that, that Deathstroke has, has two copies of, one that he keeps with himself and one, and one that his son has. And it's his son's favorite story. It tells about a, a oh, title a, of the movie you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, it tells about this brave knight who is, you know, who goes, who goes forth and slays the dragons of the land. Right. And, you know, and then fades off into mythology. Right. You know that, but he never, but he's never anything other than like this solo warrior, this lone warrior on this, on this epic quest to save the, to save his people from, from harm. Right. And in some ways that's the sort of, that's, that's the interesting part of this movie because one of the, I, I just read this the other day and I really love it. And it was the, uh, it's the idea that every villain thinks that he's the hero of the story. And I, you know, in, in his mind, he's the hero of the story. Well, every character thinks that they're the hero of the story. Right. But because, in, but, but somebody has to be the villain. Right. And that's the, and this is what's so fascinating because in Slade's mind, he's like, I'm doing everything possible to protect my family. Mm-hmm. If they know what I do, they're at risk. If I, if I'm able to do this and separate my life, you know, and and be as successful as and as wise as he thinks he is, and was for so many, which and was for several years, was so so many years before the jackal showed up and figured out who he was, you know, that I, I just keep doing this. I can keep, you know, I can keep this this part of me that is constantly at war with myself. You know, I get to be the hero. I get to be the knight. I get to go out and slay the dragons. I get to do I get to do good even though I'm doing something some even though I'm killing, I still can justify it because I'm making the world a better place 
And in doing so, I'm making it safe for, for my son and I'm making and I'm providing from for him. That part of the story works out. It works really well because it kind of because it because it gives Slade an impetus through the movie that I you know, that that's that is more than just a simple revenge tale. Right. And that part worked out really well. At least for me. Okay. But I, I take it not so much for you. No, well, I, like I said, he he has he has his own morality through the movie, but uh, I'm gonna fast forward it. Sure. So the scene we were just talking about, where um, uh, where Joseph gets his throat slit, so the Slade's son gets his throat slit. Um, Slade kill or he thinks he kills Jackal. He stabs him, and then he kills the guy who was holding the knife. But he's not quick enough to stop his son getting his throat slit. But he's able to save his son. But his son now is a mute. Um, flash forward ten years. This is what the movie does. Yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna skip a lot of I'm gonna talk about in big chunks, uh, you know, because I want to get to the the end of the movie. Sure. So Slade finds out um, that his son gets kidnapped and they kidnapped by Hive t- ten years later. So his son is like a teenager now, more close, maybe closer even to, to being his twenties, like early twenties. Hive is run by um, this Queen Hive character. Um. And they still want him, and he says, "I'm still not joining." And so she's like, "Oh, well, we kidnapped your son, and if you know, until you join, we're gonna kill your son." That thing, and, and he sees a video of them holding son. So he goes, he meets his wife. The wife confirms this. She's like, "Really?" Now it's his ex-wife, and um, he goes after them on this island. Like he has to find out where they are, and it's like this island of death, you know, yes. Island del Muerto or something like that, and. They, he goes there, and it's kind of like this this whole trial of, of like Jason and the Argonauts, almost like you know he has all these kind of things that he has to get through. He finally gets to his son Joseph, and he and he thinks he's going to spring him, but it turns out the son turns on him, right? And he says, she, and the son's like, you know, the son can't talk, but he has uh, special powers. Yes, he's got tele- he's got he's a telepath. Among telepath other thing. Yes, so he. Um, he turns on his his father, and he's like, "I'm part of Hive now." And it, and and then the Hive Queen comes out, and you find out the Hive Queen is his offspring, that that Asian woman that was ever referenced yes. at the beginning of the movie. She also has his, powers, or like it's very as ad, agile as him. His one night stand, his one night stand, turned out to be something that was a lot more lasting. Right, and if if you're familiar with the, it's Rose uh, Wilson is the queen, and she's she'll be known as the Reaver or one of the there's a many incarnations of the Reaver in the comic series, Grant Wilson, who gets killed working for Hive. And and then so the uh, Slade Wilson has to pick up the contract. That's why he hates Hive in the comic book series. Yeah. He was, Grant Wilson was the original Reaver. And then the Jackal will then in the comic series later don the armor of the Reaver and try to extract revenge. And then he tries to cut his, the throat of his son. And that's where that works in. So that's how they why they keep the jackal in the story. So they're kind of staying true to the original origin stories, but um, but they're modernizing. You you know I gonna streamline it. This is how the story goes. So it, they 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 shoot Wade Wilson a Slade. I'm sorry, Slade Wilson because Wade Wilson's Deathstroke. Yes. And there's another. Deadpool. And we, I'm sorry, Deadpool. And there's a story we we talk about that in the contract too about why yeah Deadpool looks a lot like Deathstroke. And we, we talk about that there. In in the again, the the um Judas contract. Go listen to that. It's got all the history in it. Um, but in this one, it looks like Slade Wilson's dead. Yeah. He falls out, goes into the water. 
Um, he, uh, full of sharks. Full of sharks. Because as no, they, nonetheless, because there's a great scene where like he shows up and tries to swim swim to, towards the uh, towards the island and immediately is attacked by sharks with freaking laser beams she, or pretty close or something close to that. Exactly. These are the these are by the way these are the bonchiest like well-fed sharks on the entire fucking planet because, because they, nobody everybody wants to swim that gets eaten i was gonna say because there's a lot of people who are really dumb because right. they're very well-fed so he he gets saved he gets saved by his ex-wife and in winter green and every time i say winter green i think of gum um, <laughs> unfortunately so and, and then they now go after hive because hive now is starting to attack the american government because uh, they think that all our obstacles wade oh, i keep calling wade slade wilson the Deathstroke, he's out of the picture. So now there are no. Where are all the superheroes? When yeah, that's they, the uh, other uh, thing. Uh, again, we'll, I'll not even going to talk about that. So they they attack the White House and they're going to. And they so they the, set the, up the president set, goes on yeah. Air Force One and is up in the air, right? So they're going to capture Air Force One and capture the president. And they're going to use and they're going to use uh, his son's telepathy uh, to control the to, leaders. Exactly right, but. Rose and Joseph Wilson have secretly been plotting against the Jackal. So they are going to be uh, heel turn, heel turn to babyface. Yes. And they're and they So they try to attack him. But then the Jackal, hey, I'm a master strategist. I was one step I ahead. I knew of you were going to try to use your psychic powers I, on I knew me. This is going to happen. And so now I've got a suit of armor that can, and his, his suit is like a super suit. Oh yeah, the jackal's alive too. By the way, yeah, like he he survived, and now he's like got a super suit on. He looks a little bit different than the last time we saw the jackal. Um, and then Slade comes in with his with his new sons and daughters, who are now heroes. They fight the jackal. They win the day. Okay, I'm I'm ending them. I'm kind of ending this quick because there's other stuff we want right. to talk about. So, like I said, it's a generic kind of story. Um, and it's too generic for a character like Deathstroke. Right. And I don't know, you know, I'm not going to blame the writer, J.M. DeMatteis, uh, he, again, because he's, he's written plenty of stuff that I've been wowed by, like in comic book versions, in the movie versions. I, you know, he had a bad day <laughs> when he wrote the script. Or I don't know, maybe they didn't use a lot of the script that he originally wrote. I don't know why it felt so flat to me. I think it was sort of, I felt like this was sort of like a sort of a PR shift. You know, that somebody was like, hey, I need you to retell Slade and make him more, you know, make him more sympathetic and sort of update him into like the, you know, the modern ethos, you know, where he's, you know, where he can be one of those, you know, complicated, you know, anti-heroes, anti-heroes that people can get behind. Right. So maybe maybe that's the reason why. And they had to put this family in there in order for him to be kind of a more sympathetic character. Well, it also makes it also makes uh, his one of the things that that. The, his self, you know, there's because at the climactic scene, you know, of the battle, he he sacrifices. He, he appears to sacrifice himself um, to save the, you know, to save his family, because he, you know, because he, you know, he takes the. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Wilson does. Yeah, Slade takes the Slade uh, is you know realizes that the jackal is incredibly powerful and need you know and and but the thing is that he you know they. So he pushes him out the he pushes him out of the plane, and they they start going they start falling down to the ground, and Slade pulls out you know it's like oh you think you're gonna win uh try to try to survive this explosion, and boom, yeah w- w- Wilson puts a bomb on him and 
It look it looks like the jackal's. I mean, the jackal probably is dead, yeah. and it looks like Wade probably died too. But then he he wakes off on the beach and walks walks away because you know he's got the healing factor. Right. Okay. So this is the other thing I wanted to talk about in uh, overall. I mean, what did you think about the movie? Yeah. Well, I, okay. So it's it's a fun movie. It's like I didn't. I enjoyed. It's not terrible. I I didn't. I enjoyed watching it. Um, it's just one of those things where you don't want to go and analyze it. Well, it's it's an average movie, right? I, there's nothing that I would say like, oh, you have to watch this movie. You know, it's fantastic. Go out and see it. It's Some just great like, voice acting. Acting though, it's Chickless does make the movie. I can't deny that. I lo- I love. In fact, I want Chickless to be Deathstroke in every animated version going, going forward. forward. Absolutely, yes. most definitely. He's the one that makes it for me. And what I was originally was reading about this movie is that it was um, CW has this web series called CW Seed where they play uh, kind of web clippets of yeah. like 10 minute web. And I, this was originally on that first. And then they, I guess they combined it and made it into the movie. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe it was yeah. it's better in serialized format or something. I don't know. But I just, it's not something that you have to go out. And, if you subscribe to the uh, DC Universe Yes. Wait, until, wait till it streams. Watch it when it streams. It's it it's good to watch, but you don't have to buy it like I did. Like I bought the Blu-ray of it. I don't I don't feel bad that I bought the Blu-ray because no. I got to watch a movie. Um, but hey, it's you not, get to it wasn't watch the greatest thing. Hold on, you just got to watch a new movie in 2020. Yes, that in and of itself is worth it. And 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 considering that the content is 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 very watchable. That alone, in and of itself, is worthy of a recommendation. Just to do something new, right? Exactly. So the um, check it out when you get a chance to check it out. That's how I feel about it. Right. I second that. Okay. The other thing that John and I started to talk about as we talked about the movie itself is, as we mentioned, this is a new streamlined origin of Deathstroke, making him more of an anti-hero character than the original villain character. Right. That if you read the comic books, he has been for a long time. And, in, and and even, I mean, I've even fallen off on, like, the Teen Titans, like, reading Teen Titans and in reading Deathstroke comics series. Um, but I, from what I understand is he's kind of gone back to his kind of more evil roots um, and less of being a sympathetic character. Uh, for, but, and, and I think he even, it was, was quote-unquote, killed in the, I'm, the current DC universe. I'm really wondering whether this was, you know, just as, you know, just as an aside was because... Um, the first and not so wonderful version of uh, Suicide Squad had Will Smith play Deadshot. Oh no, Deadshot. Deadshot. No. Yeah. So I was like, sorry, it was, I mixed up my characters for a second there. Okay. But, but no. But I was. But I'm just thinking that if they're going to have, um, if they do want to introduce him into into the into the into the DCU, um, whether they want him as an as a more sympathetic antihero. Yeah, I maybe that's the reason why they did this. But what I was thinking about is like, okay, let's say you are a 15-year-old kid and you've just watched the Deathstroke Knights and Dragons movie, mm. okay? So that's your first um, exposure to who the character Deathstroke is. Man, maybe maybe you did watch the Judas Contract. He was a bad guy in that, in that movie too. And you're like, oh, yeah, I like the Deathstroke character. And so maybe you talk to somebody like us who we've right. been around and you're like, oh, what do you know about the origin of Deathstroke? And the kid tells us, oh, well, he was a good guy and 
he didn't want to work for Hive and his son got hurt because of that, but then the son and daughter, and you're like, oh, you just know the the movie version of it. You don't know the, the comic book version. And, but again, time goes on and they'll probably have another retelling. Right. Like, let's say everything's cyclical. Maybe Deathstroke comes in into favor again and they'll do like another retelling and it's even further from this retelling of the origin. So I was, th- I was saying to John, John is like, you know, comics are comics. It's like we, we Peter Parker's been Spider-Man forever. Clark Kent's been Superman. Ba- Bruce Wayne's been Batman. It's rarity that they ever keep on a permanent basis. They'll change whatever that main character is, maybe for a short run. Right. And then, but eventually the original character will come back. I, I'm, I can't think or off the top of my head right now of any character that had a replacement and the replacement stayed on um, as that character. Like, you know, I, Captain America has gone right. away and other people have taken up the, the shield. Right. But eventually the character comes back. And I can't think of anything. Even where... Cyclops managed to make it back. Yeah. Like, yeah, he survived. He beat death and he came back. So, but that's comics. I mean, comics, nobody stays dead for long. Eventually, they're going to come back. But we, I was saying, um, so when in the early 2000s, when Marvel wanted to get a more youthful market because the Spider-Man movies were doing great. Right. This is the same, same Rami Spider-Man movies yeah. in the 19, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. The Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire movies. So they were like, well, we can't, like, if a kids watch that movie and they see a young Spider-Man and they get the comic and Spider-Man's in his 30s, who's going to want to read that? What teenage kid's going to want to read that? So let's relaunch the Marvel Universe and call it the Ultimate Universe. And they did that, and they still kept Peter Parker as Spider-Man, and they still kept a relatively similar origin story. So as everybody knows, the 60s Spider-Man, the 616 Universe Spider-Man, Gets bitten by a radioactive spider because radioactivity was the was, was the thing the back thing. then. Now, the in the the uh, the Ultimate Universe, Spider-Man is Peter Parker. He gets bit by a genetically engineered spider because it's science, all about ah, the science. Because because we're now in the area of the era of genetics and genetic splicing and and cloning. Right. So that that stays the same. So no matter when you start reading Peter Parker, you know, you can ask a 10-year-old, how did Peter Parker get his powers? Oh, he was bitten by a spider. What kind of version of a spider may differ? Right. But he it still stays true to what the original story is. He got bitten by a spider. So I was thinking about that. I was talking to John too about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, this is a big one. So this is an interesting origin, especially if you if you're a kid and you grew up watching the cartoon series. So you could be in your 30s now because you watched it when it was like in the late 80s when it was yeah. on, right? So, And I could be, and I am a comic book reader that read the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic book. Now, the comic book version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a little bit different than the cartoon version. So in the comic book version, it's um, it was all tongue-in-cheek. It was a play on like Daredevil. So there's, there's a scene in the comic book where a, a kid who's supposed to be Daredevil has a bowl of um, uh, turtles. turtles and a truck hits him and blinds the kid like daredevil. That's what, this is what happens to daredevil, <laughs> but the turtles, they fall into the sewer and the truck that hits him is, is a chemical truck that has yep. like gu- gunk mutagen in it. So that falls down to the sewers. The other thing that you learn is that splinter is all, was always a rat, right? He was never a human. And what has happened was he was a rat who had a sensei who kept him in a cage, and the rat watched the sensei fight. 
the movie, if you watch the movie, it does this origin. It actually, yeah, I was going to say, the the movie actually stayed true to the comic origin, yeah, which it was I thought more, was really cool. Exactly. So what, so what happens is that um, the and, and he, he becomes, a, you know, he's a very smart rat. And because he touches the mutagen at the same time as the turtles touch the mutagen, they all morph into humanoid form. And they all become intelligent, and they all, and then, sent, of course, Splinter trains them. So that was all tongue-in-cheek right. from Daredevil. Um, but if you watch this, the TV show, right? what do you remember about the TV show? So that um, the, the big change was that Splinter was originally a man and, right. got, and, and devolved into a rat and always was trying to get back to being a human. Because that was kind of a subplot, that he was always trying to right. be his human self again, and they just couldn't get it right because the mutagen won't work, whatever. Right. Whereas the turtles were turtles, and they... Changed into humanoid turtles, right? So Teenage it, Mutant Ninja it, Turtles. It, because the because the idea was that the uh, that the mutagen had different effects, whether or not if you were if you were a human touching it or if you were you know if you were an amphibian touching it, right? Exactly. And now now here's the other thing. So there's two different origin stories. Yeah. Even if you throw into the movie, the movie's more in line with the comic version, but the cartoon is a little bit less in line because of Splinter's origin story. Fast forward to. And, and April O'Neill was, was originally was a reporter. A, no matter what you watched, yeah. either the comic. All or, three, all three had similar April. Yes, yeah, she was always a reporter. Fast forward to a couple of years ago when they uh, IDW relaunched the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think Kevin Eastman was writing it too. And April now is a scientist, and they're experimenting on live creatures, turtles in this case, and it's genetic splicing. And she um, doesn't like what they're doing and tries to save the turtles, and the turtles mutate into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So now you have another origin. Yes. So now if I am a 10-year-old reading the comic book IDW version, and I, why would I watch the cartoon show? I'm not, I don't even know the cartoon show. I know it exists as a toy. Right. But I, I the, the cartoon show has kind of relaunched multiple times. Oh, I know, and that's the thing. And we and I only know the I only know the first iteration of it. I don't know whether they changed the origin when they relaunched them. Well, that's the same thing. I only know cuz so, yeah. I, I was young and saw the, the beginning of that TV show. So I know that but I've not watched any of the Nicktoons, you know, versions of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. and I don't care to either. Um but th- this is getting to the point that depending on especially with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when did you start following it? You're going to get a totally different version of it. And this is where people can start having uh, schisms. Yeah, because the, 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 I love this origin version than this origin version, you know? Right. And you're going to have some cognitive dissonance on, on that yeah. one, too. Because yeah, so it's, it's like, because, that's not right. This is what's right. Because it doesn't feel right. You right. know, and, and, that's a, and you see, here's the thing. That is a legitimate, that's a legitimate concern and not a complaint. There's, I, I, you know, I'm, you know, I, this isn't about feeding grievance culture or anything like this. It's just about the fact that as I understand the need to update and, you know, and sort of bring characters forward. Well, like we, were, yeah. we were talking about this, you know, a good example is Frank Castle. When Frank Castle first came out, the Punisher came out, he was a Vietnam War veteran. Right. This time he was an Iraqi War veteran. Right. You know, um, uh, like if you watch the television yeah. show. So it's so Frank is and because of what you want to do is you want to keep Frank in contemporary times. Right. So there's always going to be a move forward, you yeah. know, like 
you know, it's like if you brought, say, like, say, for example, you brought the unknown soldier back, you're not going to be telling tales of World War Two. You're going to be telling. Well, but they did. You know, we did the, the comic book review of the vertical version of Unknown Soldier. And the vertical version had the Unknown Soldier going from almost like World War One all the way up to Vietnam yeah. War and also getting into Iraqi War. But it can't be the same. And you never knew who it was. Right. And that worked. But that worked because it was that a was person a, that, that was dawn. It was always a different. Well, we assume it's a different person, right? And and the the other the other analogy that we you know the other analogy that we had talked about earlier was um the idea behind you know James Bond being 007. Right. It's an identity. It's not necessarily a person. Right. The same person. Well, that, that's why you can fill it, the role with a different person. Right. Because it's, it's just it's the same name stays the same, but the character yeah. face changes. And that's and I and I and it's funny because. In no small way, when you watch the movies, do you feel like, you know, because the difference between Sean Connery and then Timothy Dalton and then Roger Moore and then Pierce Brosnan to, um, someone said, I almost said Clive Owens, but it's not. Um, Timothy uh, Dalton and um, no, what's his last Remington person? Still there. Yeah, no, I always said uh, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce, who's, oh. who's, who's the, who's, I, why am I drawing Daniel Craig? Daniel Craig. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then whoever's going to pick up the mantle afterwards. Right. I like that because in my mind, I don't have a, I don't have a, I have, a, I already had that as headcanon, which is, which is fine because it makes my enjoyment of that movie, the movie so much better because I'm like, because each bond is an, is an, isn't just a reinterpretation of bond. It's a different bond. And I think that the characters where, where you know, the, where you allow that to sort of be the sort of mantra, you know, where you're like, Hey, I'm going to just, the, the, I'm not going to just modernize a character, but I'm going to, you know, and, or reinterpret the character. It's just going to be an extra, it's going to be an extension of that original character. Right. That works. And that's why some of these characters, some, that's why some, some of these changes, like exact, you know, for me in, in terms of Deathstroke, were a little bit more jarring than I probably, than for most, than for some people who weren't sort of attached to a specific idea of who that person should be. Right. And, um, but so this is going forward to like is is it better to put somebody new in the role of that character than to modernize the character again? So I was going back to like Jim Shooter. Some people love him, people hate him. You know, depending yeah, on who you talk he's, to. He's he's the man who generates strong opinions, exactly. both positively and negatively. When he was working for Marvel in the early eighties, he. In the early 80s, the Big Bang Theory was kind of like a relatively new concept. Mm -hmm. Like that the universe started from like a, a small area and then exploded out outwards. And now the universe is the thing, you know. So that was something that was kicked about like in, like in the 70s and the 80s. This was like a relatively new concept. So Jim Shooter's like, here's about this. He's thinking about like the Big Bang and the universe and the universe starting over again and the whole cycle of life and death. And even he was starting to push on editors about maybe we should start killing characters off and replacing them with other characters to make them more youthful. Kill off Spider-Man, kill off Captain America and replace them with other, kill off Iron Man, you know, so on and so forth. And that's where he got, eventually got the idea to do the Mar the uh, new universe. right. Which is a you know less um, fantasy, more kind of real orientation hero universe, uh, and we talked about that. I you know listen to our podcast <laughs> about talking about the new universe. DP seven, yep, DP, and we did a DP seven as well. Um, <laughs> the unfortunately named DP seven. Yes, and um, so 
but to Jim Shooter's idea was kill off the characters and replace them. And it seems like, even, but that this is the 80s right. that he was thinking of like this. And they did try to, like, you know, every once in a while, the character will be put in a coma or knocked out. or Like, even Batman, Nightfall, Batman yeah. gets taken out. Um, uh, Robin uh, gets uh, put at the, uh, at, at dons the mantle of being Batman. And, but that doesn't last for long. Even uh, the new 52, they had Jim Gordon, like when there was was this Endgame storyline that Scott Steider did where Batman loses his mind, uh, like he's he's, uh, insomniac, not insomniac, what do you call that when you you forget everything? Um, Amnesiac. Amnesiac, thank you. And um, so he forgets that he's Batman. He forgets that he's Bruce Wayne. So somebody has to be Batman now. So Jim Gordon becomes Batman because Jim Gordon's younger. He's not like the old man that you remember. Yeah, He's a younger he, version. He puts on so the bat suit. He puts on a robot bat suit. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually the, I, like that. <laughs> I like this a lot. I'm like, I'm I'm with this, but I guess it didn't uh, oh, you yeah, know, no, trend because well. The, because the people just the, the people were just like, no, there has right. to be a Batman. But the um oh and Dick Grayson, Dick Grayson took the mantle as Batman went during that nightfall thing. And um but it, it, people didn't like it. And so you have to bring you have to bring Bruce back. That's why you can make somebody else Spider Man. But people love the original. There's going to be that group out yeah, there people, that loves people it. People are going to want Peter Parker, right? And so that's why, you know, what do you what do you people think that you know? As we talk about it, would you rather, uh, you know, in order for the to get more of an audience, would you rather kill the character off or update it? But knowing that you're updating it, you're losing the a little bit of that core base that. Do it so that those fans right. from twenty years ago are now going to know a different version of that superhero. So let's say like Iron Man. Yeah, Iron Man was in Korea when he got it, but right. if you saw the movie, it was like the Iraqi War. Yeah, or yeah, Afghanistan. Afghanistan yeah. or whatever. whatever it was. It was modernized. Yeah, I'm thinking that there are. I'm thinking. I think there's one thing that I would have to say. There are certain characters that are sort of. The events of their lives are sort of melded to them as characters. I can't see, like, for example, I know he's not a hero. Well, he's sort of an anti-hero. Magneto ever being able to change his origin story. Because so much of of who he is is tied into being... uh, Right, but but time moves on. Time moves on in our world. So you can't, and I understand what you're saying because Magneto has a strong World War II origin story. Although, actually, you know what? I actually could... I could see the new Magneto being a survivor of maybe the Cambodian killing fields, or maybe you know, a, a, maybe a new version is Black Lives Matter Magneto, the yeah. uh, somebody who was persecuted um, and and his family killed off, and now he rises up against his persecutors. Yeah, so I guess I guess in that sense, I would miss. I would miss Magnus, but I could see him being replaced. Re- replaced by another character, and that's what I'm saying. And it's, I would rather it's have... Like, it's would, like there's always going to yeah. be persecution in the world. Unfortunately, I say that. It's like this is the way of the world. So people rise in power, people fall in power, but there's always a group that seems to be like putting down another group. And it will it ever go away? Well, we hope one day it does, but right. it always seems to exist. And And in that case... I would much rather see certain characters, like, for example, 
Magneto would be one where I would want him to, I would almost want him to be able to pass the mantle to, to another character. So have him dead and take another character take his place. Right. And then there are, you know, like, for example, Captain America is another, is another great one. We've already done that with Tony Stark, where uh, Rhodey took the, you know, where Rhodey was temporarily. Well, Rhodey, yeah, exactly. And then um, the, there was the, the Lionheart uh, character yeah, that, that right. was really short because it was such an outrage about that. Yeah, well, they, they yeah. Riri, Riri is the, the yeah. character. Riri, Riri Williams. Yep. Um, and I'm in favor of keeping, I like the idea of, be, of Iron Man just being the sort of, technological face of Mar- of the marvel universe um i like the idea like certain characters like are built for it like dr strange yeah dr strange is sort of a is sort of a, a moniker but the thing is is he learned the mystic arts so it can be passed down to right, somebody else exactly yeah and and so and and also i i think we would be remiss is there <laughs> this is going to be interesting um because of chadwick boseman's death yeah. Um, where is Black Panther going to stand in the in the MCU now? Um, and would you and can you recast him? I mean, oh yeah, I, and you know it is sad. Uh, you know, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. But the um, I I think they will recast him eventually, and because the same. Well, you just talked about Rhodey. Yeah, Rhodey changed actors. Yeah, Don Cheadle to uh, what was no, no John the, Cheadle was the, the, was the second one. Um, but. Black Panther, the franchise has to go on. Right, exactly. It has to exist and have more movies. So they may do a thing like maybe they tell it because in the mythology of Black Panther, um, people don't really die. They the body dies, but the right. spirit lives on and can be reincarnated. So you can do something like that, and it gets reincarnated into another actor. And I'm and where it's where it's easier to do that in it's it's easier to do this in comics. So, yeah. but there are people who, there are people who I would be in favor of, um, being able to permanent, permanently, you know, certain, certain people could get killed and I would be fine with them taking and somebody else taking up the mantle. Um, well, I mean, we didn't want this to happen with, Black no, Panther, no, I'm not but, talking about, yeah. no, I'm not talking about, trust me. I'm oh, not you're, talking you're, about you're talking about going back to the comics. I'm and, going, and talking about yeah, going okay. back to the comics yeah. where there are, there are obviously characters that were like, is like we said, where, you know, that there's a mantle or sort of a, an identity of that character that it's not totally based on it. You know, like how many we've had, um, you know, Hank Pym to Scott, you know, and as Ant-Man. You know, well, that the, was handing down yeah, of hand the because it, it's it's technology, so yeah. he hands it down to Scott Lang. So I would I would ask you: Is there a character that you would think of right off the top of your head that would be better off if we could, you know, say say for example, we need to modernize? Is there somebody who would you would modernize and by by having them die and another person take over? I don't know. Off I, the top I, of your I, head? I mean, we talked about the Punisher. The Punisher is he's a mortal man, right? And if you just like Peter Parker is at 30 now because they aged him over time. Yeah. The Punisher's got to be 60 at this point. Yeah, so it doesn't make it doesn't make sense for him to yeah. to be still Frank but, Castle. But you and this is what they did was when they even DC did this. So you kill the universe and it gets restarted again. And now everybody gets rejuvenized. Um and that's why they have these crises. Yeah, because um, you're resetting you reset in time. Yeah, you're resetting the well, your place in time. So, so the, well, that's the world so was, when, yeah. when they did the new fifty-two, yeah, which is now like it was it fifteen years almost, like something like that. God, it was that long ago. Yeah, um, Superman was 
before that was getting close to being in his 50s. Yeah. They reset it. Now he's like more of a late 20s, early 30s guy. So they've reset him. Yeah. Making him more. Supposedly they, they do this to get more younger viewers come in and read the comic book. Um, but is that a, a, a better option? Like, you know, re, restarting the clock on everybody as opposed to handing the mantle down. I guess it all depends on the nature of the character. I think it's harder to hand to hand the mantle down for characters like Peter Parker yes. and uh, for Captain America, whereas I think Stephen Strange is an easier one to do. Right. Because he's, I think, yeah, sure, there's a, lo- a loyal base for, like, Bruce Wayne. They've tried it so many times. Nobody, Everybody loves Bruce Wayne. Right. Nobody doesn't want Batman not to be Bruce Wayne. Right. He always must be Bruce and that's, Wayne. And I think that there are certain characters that are sort of sacrosanct. Yeah. And that that is one. I think Superman, Wonder Woman, and the Holy Trinity, Batman, yeah. can have to always be those three characters. And it's... It's interesting because, you know, we've had the only character that I there's there's the interesting case of um, Professor Xavier. Yeah, because they've done so much with him where he's been dead and gone and comes back and, you know. Yeah, but the whole the, the Jonathan Hickman's thing about the X-Men never dying now. That's another yeah. that's that's another thing that they put in there that they can say now we can modernize the characters. And that in and of itself is probably another is, is probably worth a, worthy of another uh, podcast where you know yeah well we talk about how they how they do this well we we're, we're in the we're at the end at this point of of the podcast but this is an interesting conversation that we're having you know so we started talking about the modernization of deathstroke and we kind of moved it over of like talking about how other times they try to modernize characters or update characters and you lose something sometimes yes. when you do it it all depends on how you say it and if you I think what we're both trying to say is if you if you want to modernize it, keep the origin similar to the previous origin and don't start start to go too far away from that because when you do that's when you start losing people. That's the problem. Be so, Shazam. Be always be Shazam. Yes, be Shazam the movie. Yeah. When you're if you're going to re, if you're going to modernize a character, do it like that. That was easy enough to do. Right. Cuz it's it's a character that transforms and because they say a special word Okay, well, this is the end of the podcast right now. Uh, thank you very much for listening. As always, you can go to Comics Misremembered and listen to this podcast. Along with all the other podcasts, I highly recommend you typing in that search bar and then checking out the Judas Contract. In yes. fact, it, it may get linked when I... It's like, the system automatically links things when I type in Deathstroke. This may be one of those things it's going to link to. Um, ch- checking that out... Um, checking the other stuff that we mentioned that we did podcasts on in this podcast out as well there was something else that we referenced i can't oh, remember the, our, our wonderful uh review of the new universe which i which oh yeah I, the new universe we had a lot of fun DP, doing dp7 yeah too. we had a lot of fun talking about that one. yeah so check out dp7 check out the new universe so we we love talking about that too um and as always you can get our links too for social media so when we put stuff down there and tell you about the stuff we're going to talk about you can get the the heads up and then tune in for it especially when we're gonna when we say something like this where we watch the movie you get a chance to go watch the movie and then you can commiserate with us or revel with us, depending on how we feel about the the product. Uh, But thanks again for listening. And as always, we will see you next week.